and welcome to episode six of Bossing It, the weekly podcast for women in business brought to you by entrepreneurs Frankie Cotton and Lara Sheldrake. This week, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Karen Rumi, founder of Kalmar, an all-round creative superwoman. A former banker at Finicor in Paris, she pivoted in her career at age 30 to follow a more spiritual and creative path. Karen is now a published author, dancer and philanthropist on top of running her fashion and wellness business. I really loved chatting with Karen about her work philosophy and outlook on life and I personally took a lot away from our conversation. I hope you enjoy too. so much for joining us today on the Bossing It podcast. Hello, I'm very happy and pleased to be invited to talk to you today. I would really appreciate it if you'd give us a quick overview really of kind of your career and your life and then we can deep dive into some things because you've had a really varied and creative experience so I'd love to hear a bit more about it. Sure. I was living in Paris and I just uh, graduated from an MBA and I wanted to be in finance at that time. So I started a career in banking and then I became, I mean, in merger and acquisition. And then I, I changed for a brokerage in, a, in the major brokering, brokerage company in Paris. Mm-hmm. So I've worked there quite hard for many years and I worked on option on bonds for many years and mm-hmm. then created different product, even on real estate. So I loved it. It was in a company name is Finaco. So I became the one of the director of the company. I was 28. So for some reason, I felt like it was kind of the end of the story for me in finance. Um, I really felt I needed to understand more about myself and um, decided to do a personal spiritual research. And I started to read and write and really research profoundly for two years. And uh, after a few years, I became um, published. I became a spiritual writer that I am still now, never left me. Uh, from there, I gave a lot of workshop and lecture in America, actually, in the West Coast. And I became a spiritual healer. And after many years, again, like eight, ten years, um I decided to become a professional dancer because I always, I always been a dancer. I never consider it like um, a real profession, but rather like a, a you know a hobby or a passion. So I was thirty eight, and I really decided I was going to be on stage. That's amazing. Yeah, and I from there I um, created the first show. And then it opened up to a new career in my life. And I've been dancing since then. Then, two or three years ago, I wanted to create a brand that would really uh, create wellness in the world. Mm -hmm. And I created a lifestyle brand named Kalmar, Mm -hmm. uh, where we create scents. And those scents are... uh, able to help you to connect to who you are and c- connect you to different energies during the day. And I created the sense and then I created some caftans 
and resort wear because I felt it was it was not easy to find great uh, clothes to be you know just lounging or being in holidays and still looking super gorgeous yeah and we're sat here right now in the room surrounded by the most beautiful caftans and clothing in thank such you. a wonderful environment so, <laughs> thank yeah, you it's really lovely so was this I mean the clothing brand that you have here is it also related to your heritage because you're, Mor- you're from Morocco. So yes, I'm born in Morocco and yes, it's my very strong heritage. And yes, kaftans are, uh, uh, you know, the cultural way to, to, to wear. I mean, you, all the women wear kaftans, whether they're very traditional, very modern in Morocco. And it's definitely in me and I wanted to express that. Maybe unconsciously, actually. <laughs> But it fits so well my way of being. Yeah. I mean, when I'm in town, you know, I wear what is meant to be. But when I'm in holiday or at home or wherever, I can be more free. I love to wear these, you know, long, flowy dresses. Mm. So how old were you when you moved from Morocco? To, did you go straight to Paris? Yeah, I was seven when we moved to Paris. And then, you know, I really was culturally completely French for many years. And... Then moved to London only 12 years ago, I would say. Uh, but Morocco is a very strong heritage and uh, my contact to nature and to, to the culture there is very strong. Would you say you were always quite ambitious? So when you said you, you, know, you, work, you worked your way up through finance and at 28 mm. you were made a director, mm. was that, did you always feel that sort of burning ambition yeah, running very. in you? <laughs> So what happened is, uh, and this is very interesting as a woman, because I was born in Morocco, where uh, life is gorgeous, but it's not really equal for women. And that's a very, very strong subject in me, where I really felt uh, I was passionate about that subject. I could not stand it to be uh, less than men, you know, basically. And when I, I knew this was driven me, driven, driving me all my life. And so when I was in France, uh, I had, you know, to, to face that disadvantage to be a woman. Sorry, evidently I don't think so. But also being not completely French, you know, having different origins. So I had to fight a lot to really have a voice and be someone rather than nobody. Uh, so in order to be respected, I really wanted to have a voice. And I knew uh, it was very important then to prove yourself uh, in your studies and then in different jobs that could allow you to have some power in the world. That's why I was very ambitious. But then what happened is that when you run, run, run like that for a specific reason that is ambition and having a voice, it's fine. But if it doesn't suit your soul or who you truly are. See, I find this so interesting, this sort of transition. Was it something that one day you just woke up and thought, this isn't for me? Or actually, was it sneaking up on you quite gradually? So it, yeah, actually, it's both. It's, a, it's like, um, you know, deep down that there is dissatisfaction in your, in your day for little things and little things and more little things, you know, or you feel not really uh, so happy to go in the morning to the office or you you see that you're very different to the people around you. Like, oh my God, uh, I'm not so in love with what I'm doing right now where they are super in love. Like when you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, or... or um, 
you know, you have to change yourself in order to please the world uh, where you're working and then it feels really heavy on you or you feel yeah, you're not honest to yourself, mm -hmm. which make you really unhappy. So that's, so it was gradually coming to me, but also I, I really realized that like I was not passionate about making money as much as my partners and my passion was more about meeting new people, uh, listening to their own stories, where really it's not the right place for that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's on one side. And then the shock happened also where you really have that stroke of light inside yourself or stroke of, of anxiety that, wow, there's something wrong in your life where you have no idea what it is because, you know, yeah. 28 to 30 years old, you're very young to understand all that. Um, and you have the pressure of the world also saying that you're at the right place, but you, you don't feel you're at the right place. Yeah, there's definitely those opposing forces of culture. Exactly. Society is saying to you, you know, mm. you're doing really well, you're already at a certain level or maybe make a certain amount of money at such yeah. a young age. Yeah. But inside of you, if it's saying this doesn't feel right, mm. it's, it's a huge stress, isn't it, managing that internally? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a huge stress inside. It's not very con uh, comfortable. Mm. So, yes, I had anxiety at the time. But I had that, so the, the other thing that is very important in my case, and in all cases, there are different stuff. But in my case, it was, I, I felt like a spiritual call inside, like really wanting to to know more about life, you know, the soul, why are we here? Why, why are we, you know, very yeah. deep metaphysical questions came to me at one stage uh, because I felt I've done so much and... They were not answered at all, and I could not wait, you know, to... I was really thirsty, thirsty for knowledge. So what did you do? How did you, sort of on a practical level, I suppose, how did you go from one so, day going into the office? So, very interesting, because I know the people who listen to you. So, it's it's not... So, what happened is I, I found another job, which was much smaller. Uh, it was kind of a part-time. It was consulting for a bank uh outside France so I would work partly in my house I mean my apartment and partly in their small office and I start to work from home and honestly was the beginning of the revelation I knew I was not made for the world of the bank of yes. banking <laughs> <laughs> like okay I get that <laughs> yeah. although I had a lot of fun I'm not you know I'm not saying oh it was horrible not at all but I know that the, the, it was the end of a story for me. Yes. And going up in the morning, early, running, daddy, dada, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. wait a second, that's not for me anymore. So starting working for home, from home was a big, big uh, click, you know. It was like, okay, I get it. And do you think, because I think sometimes just giving yourself that extra space. Yes. Actually kind of allows you to start thinking more creatively and think slightly differently mm. you know when you're in a more stressful position where it's much more full-time and mm -hmm. you're expected to be in places it can be very difficult to get out of the mindset but so maybe by giving yourself that space yes uh yeah exactly and you say super well because uh when you transition you need that space mm. whatever you transition to you need space to understand 
Because it's true, when you have uh, a job, you don't have space nor time to think about why you're there. Do you really like it? Or uh, I, I am this because people want me to be like that. Uh, I am really under pressure of judgment, so I'm changing myself. Mm. See, see, all these questions in a job are really important. Mm. And it's funny because when the, the last year of my job, I, I took many weekends alone just to really feel that. Mm. I felt like it was changing so much in me and I could not understand it. Before I left, I uh, like two or three years before, I, w I started uh, psychotherapy. Because I felt I had a lot of anxiety coming up and I could not really get it. So I started a, a psychoanalysis and it was very interesting. And at one stage I felt it was not completely for me. Uh, because I felt I had so many more questions. They were not answered in this analysis. And they were, I, was, I felt really limited again. And I needed more space from there. Yeah. from that so and I knew it was spirituality so I felt really attracted by the fact that you you have a life that is not in this dimension and it's a soul life and it brings you a lot of wisdom and a lot of peace of mind and a lot of positive energy etc that you don't get in other way of thinking and then I start so what I What happened is like I believe in magic, so this is very important for me. <laughs> and I think we all we all own that part of ourselves. Like if, when you trust your inner self, you are guided inside. It's just a matter of taking the time, the trust, and get, getting there inside. So what happened is when I left my job, um, I really started to focus on myself and on my desire uh, to understand who I was and what I was not and why I was forcing myself. And then I went back to childhood. So, But I read a lot. So that was my passion. So I, I read about uh, from different yogis, different Sufis, so different spiritual tradition. I met a few people who were quite key in my life, who were already in advanced uh, spiritual path. Uh, and then it's like life, I think if you trust life, life is bringing you where you should be. So whether you're alone or whether you're with a teacher or well, But one very good, very important key is to stay always independent okay. in your mind. You say you believe in magic. So what, what's your sort of definition of magic? My definition of magic is that we carry magic because we are souls. And... Um, When you you believe, you, you connect to your inner self, right? You are a soul who is living on the earth and uh, this soul has a path and this soul has a lot of gift and passion. Mm -hmm. So you are, you are kind of meant to come here and enjoy these passions. Whenever you go and connect with them, with the passion, Any craft, any anything is a passion. I'm not judging. It's only art. Could be. I always say to make people laugh, but it's true. But could be being an accountant is a passion. You know, you don't yeah. know. You yeah, cannot yeah. judge that. But the minute you connect with what you are passionate about, it's it's totally magical because you connect to your inner joy, and this is driving you through a path uh, that I call magical. So, was there a particular point for you when that kind of clicked into place and it was evident? 
that you kind of had tapped into your inner joy and then suddenly... Yes, when I left the job, I started writing and I never, never thought in my life I was going to write. Never. Because, uh, you know, I was more scientific uh, in my studies and I and being more kind of felt like, well, I'm not so good writing in French, which is completely stupid. But anyway... Uh, so, so the writing really came like a, like a obvious uh, gift, and and the dance is also a, a huge gift that I have in me. And um, so when I start doing my shows, I knew it was obvious. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It's yeah. the opposite, actually. How do you know that it's authentic? So how how can you really tap into knowing what is true? It's very easy. There is no more. There is. Come on, but you know when you feel joy, right? It's it's not something you can fake. You know when you are really having that peaceful feeling of being joyful. Mm-hmm. I say peaceful because I want to cons- I want to separate it from excitement, where you know uh, you're super excited. Mm. Because the ego gets you excited. The ego is just the ambitious part of yourself who wants to please the world, you see? So that brings excitement. And excitement is very high, but it brings you very down, you know? So it, it's it's not that peaceful, deep joy. So, but when you, for example, have a, a passion for painting or... And then you start painting and then you finish your, your, your two hours of painting. You have an extreme joy that, you know, nobody can take away from mm-hmm. you. Whatever you're going to do, travel, not travel, it's always with you. And when you do it, there is no, nothing can take it away from you. It makes so much sense to me that when you can tap into those things, that you would then create or live a much more kind of successful life, mm-hmm. not necessarily in terms of monetary success or particular mm. labels, but your experience of life is much richer. Mm. But how can you balance, you know, you're, you're a successful woman and we're sat here in this beautiful office mm, and you've done you. some incredible ventures. So how do you balance, I guess, the commercial nature of business with um, tapping into your spirituality and staying true to those parts of yourself because mm. I always find that a really interesting intersection mm. how do they come together mm-hmm. so it's a it's a very very good question I I totally believe uh, that when you tap into your passion and you create from it the energies of the world are just matching you uh, and helping you so that's that's also another aspect of the magic. It's like when you take the decision to really follow your inner guidance and really become who you are, because doing your passion is becoming who you are. You see what I mean? Uh, you will feel the energy opening up in the world. When you don't do that and you decide to go for a goal that is not for you, you know that the doors are not opening and it's it's a struggle. And it's hard. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't imagine that. Now, your question is very tricky also because when you are in your passion, it takes a while for it to become sustainable in the world too. 
you because you have to marry both things your passion and what the world is able to create with you right but i think it's a matter of faith any creator in the world who is super successful when you talk to them you will hear that it's magic it's i'm doing what i love and what i believe and whether it's always a lot of work because you want to express exactly who you are what you do etc your passion it's a lot of work to connect to the world to, to really express it but at the end of the day it's it's quite amazing But when you listen to all the creators, like Apple, like I'm evidently, I'm not choosing a small one, but you know they all create from their passionate mm. inside. What is very important, it's, uh, it's a labor of love, but also of faith. And it's going to be up and down if you choose your passion over another job. It's being resilient enough to have faith when exactly. sometimes things don't go the way that you expect. Because, you know, as you know, running a business or... Um, you know, perhaps being a self-employed or freelance or whatever, there are a lot of ups and downs. It's certainly not a straight path at all. Yeah. And it's in those moments where it can be really difficult to maintain that faith mm. that things are going to work out. Yeah. So um, what is very important is like when you make this free choice to become independent, for example, or to follow new a new venture is knowing that you're doing that for your own good also. That's very important, that suddenly you create a new amazing life for yourself. And I think you need to be super attentive to what's going on. Like how the world is reacting to, to your new work or new job. Am I doing the right thing? What is, for me, doing the right thing is listening inside. You always have, you will always have the right answer. But it takes a lot of courage, I must say. Uh, yeah, I was going to say courage, I think, mm. is is key. But, you know, there is a gut feeling that is huge when you do that. Huh? You know that you, you have to do it. You go for it, you know. Uh, otherwise, you're going to choke in where you are. So talk to me a bit about how um, you then became an author. So you said you started writing and mm -hmm. it became evident that it was a gift and it was yeah. a passion for you. So as I said, when I left finance, I really wanted to understand about why I am not happy in the super successful job that I have. And so I left and then I started to, to feel the need to write about what I feel inside and how I need to progress. And so... Everything was about my own progression every day. Uh, and I felt really I was uh, helped by some kind of inner wisdom that we all have. And all these texts uh, were really like a relief for me. And I started to share them with people who were on the same journey. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, As I was sharing more and more, I realized that it was also something to publish. And uh, after few, like two or three years, I, I really gathered a lot of material and I went to see a publisher and I was super lucky because it was taken and published uh, after, I don't know, like since it, it took a while because it long, but it, it happened. And then you followed it up with a second book not too long afterwards, right? Uh, yes, I followed with a second book, uh, but then I, I started dancing. So it was like, okay, I need to choose my, my expression. 
Well, something I was going to ask you is how did you kind of manage all of these creative energies within you and all of the projects that you do? So you're writing and dancing. How did you sort of prioritize and how did you manage all of those things? Uh, So... um... I think as that's why the inner guidance is super important is is a key to anything I'm doing. I think uh, each activity has its moment in my life. Uh like uh Calm I spend a lot of time in the studio of Kalmar where we create the prints and the shapes and the caftans, the swimwear um so there are days that I will spend half a day here or a full day with all the team. And then there are days where I really need, I feel, I feel I need to write. So it's like, and there is a program that really comes to me as the, the week is, is organized. Evidently, I have a plan for my week where I have meetings or this or that, but, um, I tend to organize myself where the mornings are more artistic and, um, where there is dance or writing, and the afternoon are more business. So you just lean into what seems to work best for you. Yes, and every that's exactly in inner guidance. Mm-hmm. We are all very different, and things works very differently for each one of us. Like, I need my peace in the morning, like really badly, and where I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on the same. Yeah. I like to have some time in the morning just yeah. alone, just to kind of get my thoughts yes. and like perfect. Yeah. Exactly. It's I'm off balance if I don't have some time alone. If you don't yeah, that's why I'm always <laughs> surprised when people invite me for breakfast to woo start off and the day with a lot of uh, business. So this is very hard for me. I have to do them sometimes, but mm. I tend not to. So because I know my nature. Uh, I'm I'm not balanced. So otherwise, I have to wake up very early mm-hmm. in order to be balanced. Then, yeah. And you travel quite frequently, yes. right? So um, how do you manage that with your travel as well? Uh, what do you mean, like so, like managing some kind of level of routine? I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, but my routine. I'm I'm really really uh, strict on my routine. I need those two hours in the morning where I mean two hours where I have my meditative moment and everything I need to write a little bit or read even if I read something stupid it's just I need my time Mm -hmm. so when I travel I tend to wake up super early or I know in the plane I'll have one hour or in on the train so yes I organize myself always that's great that you you just mentioned meditation I know a lot of successful leaders talk about how meditation is like a cornerstone of Mm. how they live their lives would you say that that's fair for you yes meditation has been so since i left finance for me my writing is my meditation so i cannot survive now without i cannot survive where connecting inside spending time quiet and you know some morning you wake up you have a million ideas in your head and you are confused or you are nervous or upset and the best way to really cure that is just to at least spend half an hour quiet. So it could be meditation, it could be walk or whatever, but it, it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. And I think the world we're living together, uh, together today is that uh, we are on top of being really bombarded by the world. We are bombarded by social media and... Mm-hmm the news and Instagram and whatever. It's 
it's non-stop. So we are totally invaded and we invade ourselves with it. So I think meditation is becoming like totally obligatory. Mm. Just to download, unload, rest the mind. Because the mind is overcrowded. It's quite scary in a way, isn't it? How our nature now and our habits is just to immediately pick up our phones in any period, short period of time if we're waiting or whatever. It's always just, you know, emails or checking social media or yeah. anything else. It's, yes. It's quite crazy, actually. Yeah, it's crazy it. because we don't consider that the mind needs some rest. I I feel sometimes that my mind needs rest, like like... Like, you know, when you have done too much sport or <laughs> I feel it, it's almost talking to me mm. like, like, okay, I can't take any info. I can't, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, wow. And uh, it's funny. It's like, oh, like I found myself in the car, you know, you know, when you're in traffic or whatever, or in the taxi and you scroll images and then your mind is saying, well, you know what? I really don't care. <laughs> I need some rest. Yeah. I, need, I just need to dream or put music. And But it's weird inside what's going on right now. I also think there's a lot of pressure for business owners or entrepreneurs to feel they have to work constantly and work really crazy yes, hours. Yes. And I know it does ah. kind of come with the territory to a certain degree and Okay, I have a very big theory on that. Okay, I was, I was going to ask you, so yeah. please. Okay, you know why I am so-called successful? Because I'm very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting you to say. I that's know, great. <laughs> I know. No, it's because I say lazy because it's, it's a bit like a shock. But what I mean is that if I don't have my moment where I need to be in my peace or in my you know, walking in the park or doing nothing with myself that is really valuable, I am zero. I can't produce something uh, in harmony, you know? And whatever I'm going to decide, it's going to be uh, 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 not so top. I'm going to be a bit rough with people because I'm upset. I'm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not myself. So the more you rest, the more you are efficient... And if you think the opposite, then you're wrong. Mm. Then you create out of disbalance energies. So I, I really realized that when people say to me, oh my God, you're doing so much. Actually, I feel I'm doing a lot of moments with myself where I don't do anything. And, and then it feels like I create a lot. Yeah, I find that fascinating because it's almost like then when you do do things, you're doing it right and you're doing it really well yes so you're not creating either issues that you're going to have to rectify in the future totally and come back and totally or making mistakes or you know creating as you were just saying you know energies that maybe you don't want to put into your business or your or your venture yes like like being uh grumpy mm. you know when you're too tired or exhausted <laughs> it's very hard to stay mm. in harmony you mm. know um And also, when you rest, your mind is clear. And uh, the process of thinking and receiving ideas is clearer. Mm -hmm. So you go fast. Yeah, I love that. I do just think it's... I think it's... Diff I know personally, I've, I find it difficult. It's I can understand it. And I've had moments in the last probably year or so where I've kind of taken a step back. I've gone perhaps a bit slower, taken some more rest. And I've seen 
the difference and mm. I've felt it and I've yeah. understood it Ooh. and it's really powerful. Ooh. But then I Ooh. also find it really easy to slip back into chaos. Yes. And you feel the energy is, is different, but it's so easy to slip back into that, isn't it? And busyness yeah. Yeah. Is, st- is still a badge of honour. So it's quite different. It's I, true. I feel like it's something that our listeners probably relate to as as a struggle to manage that business. Yes, and that because on. we are surrounded by this mentality. And uh, as you said, the badge of honour to be busy uh, is everywhere everywhere so it's quite hard to tell people oh no sorry i'm gonna rest or (laughs) it's too much i need to go and do something else in order to come back refreshed people don't understand it but you don't need to say you just you just say you have a meeting or whatever because until people uh, change their mentality you need to really uh, be well and be who you are and you need you need time off Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm I'm talking to working ladies, but it's it's the way it's the way to be yourself and happy and glowing. Because honestly, when you're tired, you cannot glow. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you feel miserable. Yeah, it's really refreshing to you talk about it in that way, and I I really hope that there's like a a shift. Uh, yeah, a, mind, yeah. a real mind mm-hmm. shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's overdue, and you know, we we spoke briefly earlier about anxiety and mental health, and mm-hmm. you know, there seems to be when you look at it, I guess, objectively and take a step back, it's quite evident why this is all happening when you look at technology and how we're living our lives. Yeah. You know, it's, mm. it's, um, it was like a bubble that's kind of burst, you know, it has to end somehow. There yes. has to be a way through, I guess, mm-hmm. in like a progression. Yeah, but we can feel a lot of things are changing right now, right? It feels like people are not taking in anymore the obvious mentality of being or, or work without passion or work over I mean over time without thinking it's right you know people are changing mm. yeah and again it takes courage it takes a lot of courage yeah but you, you know you're right when you feel in harmony mm. so you have to keep that in your mind so I'm really interested to know how you take your kind of these pillars and this grounding that you have and apply that to Kalmar which is you know in the fashion industry which I guess can be quite um, I mean I'm not really familiar with the fashion industry per se but my understanding is that it's it's very busy it's um, perhaps at odds with kind of your ethos and your energy so how do you manage that and how do you work in that space? Um, The thing is I really, when I started doing my kaftans and my line of, of pret-a-porter, I really didn't think I was going to do fashion because I always knew the world of fashion could be a bit harsh, you know, very competitive and has his own, you know, way of being. I don't want to criticize it because I, I discovered there are also amazing people, you know, there. So I, I really stand uh strongly about my my philosophy of life whatever i'm doing whether it's fashion or first of all i don't consider we are kind of real fashion brand because we're really working out uh, about lifestyle and giving women this sense of being self-love self-loving them for me wearing a kaftan is quite an act of uh, you know, being well with yourself. Um, but it's it's great also to bring that to the world of fashion. So I'm really happy to do it. 
I am happy to, to say to people that uh, you can do fashion and be in well-being too. And how do you manage that with your staff and with your team too? How Same. Does that manifest? Everybody, everybody who is in this building needs to be happy mm-hmm. and enjoying the process, enjoying the ride with me. And we, we need to all participate in that project. It's so important. I am very sensitive to how people are. And uh, when you share so much with someone, how can you not, you know? <laughs> you, it's, it's like even walking in the street and you see someone unwell. It, it's not separate from you. Every, everything is everything. And when you work with someone... You need to share a lot and you need to, you know, have empathy and you want to share joy rather than having a bad relationship, right? It's like food. If, if the cook is uh, unhappy, you won't have good food. <laughs> <laughs> and if, um, if everybody is happy in a company, I think it can deliver great products. It's really, I think it's really great that the kind of trend of business leadership is moving in that direction. Yeah, great. And also that... You know, as more women run companies, start companies, and, you know, you get more women in leadership roles, there's also, I hate to generalize too much about around gender, but there's, you know, you mentioned things like empathy and more feminine traits that actually can bring really great things to business. Yeah. Too. And it's lovely to have that explored. Yes, yes. And it's more and more. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. The other day I was uh, meeting uh, the the CEO of a big PR company, and she realized a lot of people in her company was not well because they were, you know, overworked or a bit depressed. And she she's creating a whole new policy to help them. So it's changing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And on that note, I'd love to hear about um, GREAT which is the Gender Right Equality Action Trust. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. So could you tell me a bit about that and the work that you've been doing there? Because it sounds amazing. So with Mariela Fostrop, we decided to create a gender equality uh, charity. And we've done a lot of projects. And uh, we have written uh, a private act that was voted about the international aid so all the monies who go which go to foreign countries need to be approved by the parliament to go to special places that respect gender equality so yeah and it's um we have created something that i really like and it's um it's about uh talking about gender to to children to kids of 11 to 13 years old in different schools in the UK. Yeah, so I think this is the major work we need to do in society, is to teach young kids uh, how to respect the other gender, uh, how is it important to know uh, what is your gender, how do you respect yourself, how do you respect the other, etc., etc. What are you discovering in those in children of those ages? Ah, you discover a very bad thing. <laughs> you discover that the kids are already uh, judgmental about, oh, I'm a boy, I need to, you know, to be aggressive against girls. You know, those basic that you, you see in adults, you see them, you see starting at that age. Yeah, so yeah, it's been fascinating, this project. What's enabled you to spend your time on kind of 
philanthropic ventures how have you been able to do that is that because of you know the business that you've built up for yourself and the way you're sort of self-sustaining it's allowed you to kind of do these things is it mostly time or money or what does it take from your side uh so this the great initiative i i spent more time before i created kalmar mm-hmm. that's why these the last two three years i spent more time in my company but before uh, I, I had that time and I, I give it to charity work and I really needed that. You know, when you are passionate about something, again, <laughs> and I think it comes from my roots, from being born in Morocco and and then seeing all the inequality uh, there and then in Paris. And then I really wanted to create a voice for these women. So I've done my little thing and yeah. now I'm, I'm less in... Uh, I, I need to, to go back when I feel it's time for me. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I understand. I completely understand. I think you're right when you say to like resource yourselves from what you've done and then you maybe need to take a break and then come back with totally. fresh ideas yeah. or fresh energy. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Would you be able to share with us perhaps a, a major challenge or a limiting belief that you've had at some point during your career that you've managed to overcome and what that was, how you did that? Uh, there, there are many, but I need to choose the example that you prefer. I want you to be happy. <laughs> but the info I'm going to give, because I, I had it when I was a dancer, you know, when I decided to become a professional dancer, it was very tough. I mean, I was totally driven. I knew I was going to become a dancer out there on stage, not a dancer for my passion in little things. And I had to face the professional world of dancing and music. And that was really, really tough because I didn't have the level. Uh, you know, it's, even if you're gifted and you're a good dancer, you're never as good as someone who worked uh, 15 years every day. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah. when I started that career, I, I, said to, I said to myself, okay, I'm not good enough for sure, but I'm going to work hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through all the judgment of different people who mm-hmm. thought, okay, uh, she's not like us. She is not professional. What is she doing here? We don't respect her. Evidently, they didn't say it in front mm-hmm. of me, but I could feel it. You know, you can feel that uh, mm-hmm. some musicians were kind of really rude or, or it's hard. It's hard. I sweated a lot, <laughs> but I, I was driven. The minute you're driven, you know you're right. You have to continue and work hard to get there. So the same thing in fashion. So I, I never, never touched fashion in my life. And I was, I never thought I was going to do it, which is even more strange. And you can see the, the, the look of people like, what are you doing in fashion? Like, uh, where you know, you don't come mm-hmm. from fashion or you're not a designer, but you know you want to do it because you have something to say mm. you don't you don't let it go if you have something to say you know you wake up with it and you go to bed with it you know mm. it's something very strong in you so mm. you don't 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 think like oh they are older or oh, they are more experienced or oh, they have the key to that no 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 nobody has any key if you hold a dream and vision and you have the fire in you nothing can stop you that's such great advice i think so many people it's difficult 
when you continue to face rejection, um, mm. insecurities mm. or a lack of confidence, it, sometimes you can feel that you're being tested so far and you think, I don't know how much more mm. of this or I how much take. inner yeah. resilience you can find. Um, I understand, you know, your, your overarching principle about looking within. Do you have any ways of kind of getting yourself back home and restoring yourself? Because it's difficult when the world is perhaps... I think, back. yeah... Um, you you know when you have a passion you really you burn inside so, something is burning in you and even if you are attacked uh, and you are attacked we are all attacked every day in our lives by judgment or you know or you know misunderstanding i would say um you always go back to your inner self where you had extreme joy with your passion and you go back to the fact that you had a very strong dream about what you're doing. And this dream is really uh, holding you very high. And uh, you never forget that. And you go back to that image, that place in yourself, that joy in yourself. And you say, no matter what they're going to say, it's fine. I'm going to continue. Mm. But if it doesn't bring you joy anymore... Or if you you feel you're forcing yourself, don't go. You see? Because, but it takes also some learning to know what is really joy in you. But I think we, you just go to your inner self and say, wow, I love to do that. I, I mean, when I do it, I know me, when I music is playing, I, I have the you know my I have a huge smile on my face yeah and I guess it's understanding the difference between when you're just tired <laughs> like yeah. sometimes I think about my own projects or businesses I think I don't want to face it today maybe or you yeah know, I'm yeah in a positive frame yeah, of mind totally and it's, and it's I guess understanding the, the subtleties and that difference between actually you're just tired or you know it's some, something small perhaps isn't working rather than it's not the right direction and to, to totally that that goes back to what we were saying tiredness is not is your enemy because you don't think properly it's so true you you need to find your balance in order to decide anything just to kind of round things off i'd really like to know what you're looking forward to next what your sort of next adventure in in business or in life is Ooh la la. <laughs> uh, very interesting. I, I think uh, in terms of business, I just want uh, uh, having Kalmar progress and, you know, be more in the world and ple- helping more people with the well-being. That's, that's one of my goals. Mm. Uh, but I still want to discover the world more and discover more things like different arts or different type of yoga or there's so much to do and so much to discover Mm. i want to keep that always with me well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure me too to listen me too to your story and your experience i wish you good luck oh thank you very much exciting exciting yeah i love uh, women uh, helping women 